The following message is presented by Fellowship Bible Church from its weekly pulpit ministry. We offer an expositional study through entire books of the Bible, one verse, paragraph, or chapter at a time. We pray that you'll be blessed by listening in. Thanks for visiting. I'm going to read in our scripture reading. We're going to pick up where we were in Isaiah in chapter 17. And uh, you might ask, what does this have to do with anything? Well, it only has to do with the fact that we're reading through Scripture chapter by chapter, so we're going to keep doing that. And uh, this is uh, in the judgment section of the book of Isaiah, uh, the book of woes, as some have called it, the book of judgment, and it's in chapter 17. This is uh, titled in verse 1, The Burden Against Damascus. And so we continue reading chapter 17, verse 1. Behold... Damascus will cease from being a city and it will be a ruinous heap. The cities of Aror are forsaken. They will be for flocks which lie down and no one will make them afraid. The fortress also will cease from Ephraim, the kingdom from Damascus and the remnant of Syria. They will be as the glory of the children of Israel, says the Lord of hosts. In that day it shall come to pass that the glory of Jacob will wane and the fatness of his flesh grow lean. It shall be as when the harvester gathers the grain and reaps the heads with his arm. It shall be as he who gathers heads of grain in the valley of Rephaim. Yet gleaning grapes will be left in it like the shaking of an olive tree, two or three olives at the top of the uppermost bough, four or five in its most fruitful branches, says the Lord God of Israel. In that day, a man will look to his maker and his eyes will have respect for the Holy One of Israel. He will not look to the altars, the work of his hands. He will not respect what his fingers have made, nor the wooden images, nor the incense altars. I want you to notice that. A wonderful picture of people turning away from their idolatry and turning to uh, the Lord Jesus. Uh, In that day, his strong cities will be as a forsaken bough and an uppermost branch when they left because of the children of Israel, and there will be desolation. Because you have forgotten the God of your salvation and have not been mindful of the rock of your stronghold, therefore you will plant pleasant plants and set out foreign seedlings. In the day you will make your plant to grow, and in the morning you will make your seed to flourish. But the harvest will be a heap of ruins in the day of grief and desperate sorrow. Woe to the multitude of many people who make a noise like the roar of the seas and to the rushing of nations that make a rushing like the rushing of mighty waters. The nations will rush like the rushing of many waters, but God will rebuke them and they will flee far away and be chased like the chaff of the mountains before the wind, like the rolling thing before the whirlwind. Then behold, at eventide trouble and before the morning he is no more. This is the portion of those who plunder us and the lot of those who rob us. That's the proclamation against Syria and against Israel. Amen. All right. Looks like we lost Jansen there, so hopefully everything is okay. I'll wait for one second to get a signal from him. We're good. Okay. All righty. So, let's see. We're going to invite... Mariano, to take over the pulpit here. Brother, how are you doing? Hi, folks. We're doing fine, and we hope that you can listen well. Uh, We can hear you just fine, and we're seeing all of you just fine. We just wish that you were here with us in person. 
but you can't do that, and so this is uh, the next best thing. You're up on the screen on the front of the auditorium by the cross there on the wall, and I guess you can see some of the folks that are out here, I hope, anyway. No, no you we can't see. We only see you. They, you look very sharp. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, uh, yeah, we can see. Yeah. Hey, uh, folks. There's some folks. Okay, there we go. Good. All right. Okay. So, Mariano, I, I, the church knows that we sent uh, some finances to you to help with the building, um, but I haven't had a chance to show any pictures, so I'm wondering if you might be able to do that on your screen there and, uh, and just at least tell us about what's going on there and, uh, and then share anything you want to, okay? You can share some from the Word, uh, share a report. It could be just a report tonight, whatever is on your mind, okay? Okay, sure. Uh, let's begin with the, with the family. And Becky wants to say a few things, maybe, and so we'll see. Okay, hello, church family. We want to say how much we appreciate you folks, your faithful support, your praying for us. It means so much to us. Um, just to fill you in right now, of course, it is our summer months, so... Although I often think summer months, things slow down a bit, it really, really hasn't slowed down. Um, Enzo is out of school right now. He'll begin school when do you? End of February, he begins school. He will be in what grade? Eighth, Eighth grade uh, this coming year. And meanwhile, the summer soccer has been off and on just because of the whole COVID thing. More off than on, he's just been... Once in a while, he'll have a couple weeks of practice, and then they'll stop because a couple people in town uh, have have the coronavirus, so they'll stop everything. So that's been off and on, but um, this summer he is taking that every day, and he is taking guitar uh, from Maria, the young lady who's helping with the music ministry. Uh, here in our church. So he does that once a week also. He's uh, taking guitar. Anything else? And so? No? <laughs> and he's relaxing this summer a little bit. So that's good. Uh, as far as ladies' ministry, um, all last year basically everything got canceled uh, because of uh, Corona. Uh, same with you folks. I know it's been hard over there in the States as well. Uh, we hope to start up in March. When school gets started and things like that, we hope to start ladies' meetings again. Uh, basically, reading through a book and meeting every other week um, and discussing the chapter that we've read. And another lady in church and I will be leading that group. Um, as far as other ministries right now, uh, just visiting people, keeping up with visiting people in the church. And Mariano has different um Couples that come for counseling, so of course I sit in on some of those um, things, and then just having people over to the house, and of course with the new property, there's a whole lot of new responsibilities now with trying to um, keep things clean over there uh, for meetings when we have them over there, and different things, um, which Mariana will explain more about the building process. So... That's all, but if you would just pray uh, for us this next year with a lot 
a lot of changes just because we're over at the other property uh, now and we have a man from Montevideo that comes every week so he stays with us and uh, works over at the property all day long basically just sleeps here at the house because uh, he works from six in the morning till nine at night uh, working on the property so uh, if you just pray for us um, that we would show Christ uh, to the folks here at church, but also to our neighbors and uh, Enzo in this next year's school, eighth grade. We're so thankful. He passed seventh grade. It was all new going into a new junior high school. And uh, it was new because of going online, because of coronavirus, and then going back to classes and then back to back and forth basically all year. Uh, so if you just pray for him also and for his testimony there at school. Um, also youth group. Lord willing, will start up in March also with Pastor Bobby and Nadia, who just moved here in November, October, November. Um, so Lord willing, that will take place once school starts up as well. Uh, so thank you again for your prayers. And Becky, a question if you can hear me. Um, tell us about your all of your health. You had a husband who nearly ruined his knee. You have had some health issues in the past, and it uh, seems like Enzo had some challenges as well. Could you give us any updates that you feel comfortable with? Sure. Um, Enzo's doing well on medicine. He has ulcerative colitis, which is long-term. Uh, so he, he will be on medicine forever. Uh, but he's doing well uh, with the medicine that he takes daily and watching uh, diet somewhat, usually. Um, and let's see, yeah, your health has been fine this year. We, we usually go for checkups in Montevideo, but with Corona, they you know like to do everything by phone now. And uh, so we're hoping to get to see his specialist sometime soon, uh, just for a checkup. And then my health has been fine overall. There's been a couple blips, but no, overall things have been fine. And then my husband here, yes, that was in October that he had the soccer incident where his knee got kicked and then surgery, um, or surgery in October, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> he got kicked before that. But the surgery was in October, so we had to go to Montevideo and that was a new experience, but it was actually a good experience. The hospital, it was great. The surgeon actually spoke in English and Spanish, which was very helpful helpful for me when he came to explain how the surgery went. He he spoke totally in English to me uh, because there's obviously some terms I would not have known in Spanish that are medical terms. Uh, so that was helpful, and I praise the Lord for those little details that sometimes might not think that it was encouraging for me because I was alone there waiting to hear how the surgery went. And so then when he came out and he gave me thumbs up and started speaking in English, it was just encouraging. And then he's been going to physical therapy. So that's been a lot too, uh, because he has to travel back to Montevideo three days a week um, for therapy, just because we live in the interior here. And the physical therapy just wouldn't be the same. They don't have the machines and things that they have in the capital city. Uh, but now he's able to do physical therapy here in town uh, because he's gotten a lot better. And he just goes back every few weeks now to Montevideo. 
offers physical therapy. But we thank you for your prayers because the surgery went great and he has healed very well and he abides by all the exercises that he's supposed to do. He's He's got his own little in-home gym right here in the Sunday school classroom and he's always doing the exercises that they tell him to do and uh, keeping up with that. So we're thankful and we praise the Lord uh, for his recovery. All right. Very good. Thank you. Hey, Matt, can I go and drink Mate because she does everything? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Just take the night off. <laughs> well, um, once again, you know, I want to say thank you, folks, for your kindness and your faithful support to us, your prayers. Uh, we don't take it for granted. And I'm be honest with you, you know, I kind of probably you feel the same way, you know. Um, I feel disappointed a little bit with all of this what's going on in the world concerning the COVID-19, you know. And, and in a sense, like uh, we really wanted to go and visit, you know, all of our churches, you know. But right now we feel like we're stuck. We can't, we can't get out, um, you know, and it's, and it's been difficult. Uh, for us, because we actually, we are planning to have a short furlough in the month of June, July, but we don't know exactly how it's going to flash out with all of these restrictions and uh, all of this um, in the church, uh, building project, you know. Uh, we praise the Lord because we know for sure that God is sovereign and God is in control. And one of the things that we have learned in this, well, this 2020 uh, that we need to be flexible. And we learn in many things through different experiences that the Lord allowing us to go through. Uh, 2020 for all of us in this room there in the States and here, it's been a very difficult, challenging year for us as a pastors, try to shepherd people. But on the bottom line, we always have to rely on God's power and in His gracious um, ways that he deal with us. You know, um, even though we thought that God is not working or we think and, you know, that maybe things are shut down, we can't really gather, we can't really do this, we can't really do that. But God is, God is at work. He's working. And, uh, and we saw that last year. Um, when I got the injury in my knee, I thought, well, I'm not going to be able to do such and such things. So now I'm going to have to take time off. And who's going to do it? Well, one thing that I learned is men were not dispensable. You know, the Lord is the one that carries on the ministry. And one thing that I learned, you know, that these old men is getting worried off, but the new inner man is getting renewed day by day. So I praise the Lord because someday I'm going to have a new knee for sure. I'm not going to have a problems. And hopefully I can play soccer in heaven with not kicking. So, um, but concerning the ministry, you know, we're thankful for what's going on. Um, even though we have this thing called COVID right now, you know, and all of that and the restrictions and all of this, the Lord has been so good to us because since the month of December, when we made that decision to move into the new property, the Lord has been blessing us with new people coming every Sunday. 
We have a new visitors coming through. Some of they, they stay. Some others, they just came to check what's going on in this new building, what's going on. It's a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Some people are coming basically just to put their nose what, what's going on here, you know. But some others are coming really because they see the need for the Lord in this time. And so we're so grateful to see this great opportunity that the Lord is bringing people in our way to be able to minister to them. So the big challenge was to make the decision. Are we going to stop renting and then move over to the other building, which is not full force functioning? And the problem was the bathrooms. So I wanted to show you, you know, because when we bought the building, you know, it had a solid structure. You probably saw a video that we sent before, you know, and in other uh, Zoom calls we talked about it. But this building didn't have any uh, sewer pipes that would be connected to the bathrooms. It has nothing. So everything has to be built from scratch. So I'm going to try to um, show a picture over here of what the work has been done. I have a few. Uh, let's begin with some of these ones here. I'm going to share the screen in just a little bit. I don't know, Jason, I think you have to uh, allow me to uh, to share screen because I won't be able to share it. Yep, one second, Mariano. Uh, so go over to the security tab there. Oh, you're going to bring it. Okay, yeah, I was trying to say it's this one here and then check mark that box or that thing. All right, you should be able to share your screen now, Mariano. Okay, can you see it? One second. We got to move it over to the projector here. Yeah, just blow that up to the full size. Yep, now we got it. We see the bricks and the the kind of like the sewer thing there. Yeah. So as you can see, you know the guy is coming from Montevideo. Praise the Lord, he's a believer, and um, and he comes to work and to take the project. Um, so we're praising the Lord because it was a pretty hard work, and he's working alone. He has to dig the ground, break the ground, and install all these pipes in order for the town comes in to connect the sewer from the street into the building. So this picture is from last Friday. As you can see here, it's all already done. And so now he's going to move towards the outside of the building, goes to the back of the property, and he's going to start all the piping over there for the bathroom. And so he is projecting basically um, probably like another 15 days of work trying to have ready the bathroom. You know, so that was a big decision because we have to decide, okay, we stop rate renting. So what do we tell people when they come to the church? We have a church. We have a bigger space. We can apply social distancing, but there is one problem. We don't have a bathroom. So it was a big decision, but the Lord allowing us to rent a portable bathrooms. And so we have one and we tell people, okay, if you come in for two hours, try to hold it, you know, and then go home and, and use your bathroom. But that, that's one of the things, folks, you know, when you are in a, in a, Building project is one of the things that we need to learn to be flexible. 
You know, I, this is the first time I get into something like this. I never in my life went through a building project. You know, all my life as a Christian, I have the blessing to walk into a building that has already been built and constructed. And sometimes we take it for granted. You know, we go to the bathroom there in our church, and you probably do. You go to the bathroom, but you think about it. Some, some time ago, somebody has to build that. You know, and I, I think that building project was to like, okay, you know, there are dust, there is this, there is that. But the Lord has been good. You know, and now you can enjoy. And what I'm trying to tell the people here, too, is like, remember, the identity of the church is not the building. The building is not who we are. The building is a tool where we do what we do. And also, you know, I always tell the people, you know, because sometimes people think like going into the building is going to the church. We are the church. And what is happening in our lives is what is more important, you know. So I always tell people, you know, buildings are buildings. You know, they are tools that are necessary to fulfill the great commission and the vision of the church and the mission. But they're not important. So it's not about the building. I'm just grateful that we are doing what we need to do to get it done. But um, I, I just um, continue praying that this will be a testimony in the town. You know, um, I'm working with an architect. She's unsafe, and she never done anything like this for a church. So with a uh, guy from Montevideo who is a Christian and myself, we are being a testimony day by day. You know, to try to talk to her, to try to say, okay, you know, when we're thinking about church, we're thinking about this and about that, you know, and she's listening, you know, who knows? We're praying, you know, her name is Karina, you know, and I'm going to be working for her for a long time. So I'm praying, you know, that the Lord will use this, you know, uh, to bring it to the Lord. So that's concerning the building. Uh, concerning the ministry, you know, busy, you know, uh, these new people that start coming, um, they see the kind of care that we provide in the church for them. Uh, some of these people are really need counseling, biblical counseling. Um, so I'm counseling right now a, a marriage couple that just started attending church a um, couple of weeks ago. She came for the first time today, the wife. Um, she came to my first session of counseling on Thursday, and I said, okay, if we're going to make a commitment of biblical counseling, you need to start coming to services. That's the way that God will speak to you through the Word of God. So she came today. And so I'm very grateful because it was an entire family. So for you folks that are overseas, um, Uruguay is a country very dysfunctional as far as families. And we're praying that the states will not get there. But it seems to be where the entire world is going to be in the same direction. Families are coming apart. And so we need to pray that God really will help us to be really channels of grace to provide the word of God to these families and hope that they can change. It doesn't have to be this way, you know. And so we're seeing, you know, that families, some of them are reigning with bad decisions that they made in their lives. And so as well as we see the hope of the gospel bringing people in to say, hey, you know, thank you for telling me this. Thank you that I, there is hope for my problem. So we are seeing that God, even though there are so many restrictions, apparently in the world, God is still at work. God is still working. And you know what? 
you are still working too because you are working through us here. Last year, I taught the book of Philippians, you know, to the church. The entire book of Philippians, I like to preach expository messages. And so we take the time verse by verse. And so we did that. And um, chapter one, if you remember, Paul is joyful for the team that he had in Philippi. Those believers there, they're very, they're very, very, very need to close to his hearts. Why? Because they help him through prayer, through financial support. You know, they were very kind to him, even though he was in a time that he was in jail. But he said, you know, I cannot do this without you guys. And we feel the same way, you know. We, Like Pastor Matt said before, we wish that you guys can come. You know, one of the things that's been frustrated, you know, and then we have to give it to the Lord, is many of the plans that we had for 2020, they were shut down. You know, we have plans that many people will come to visit us through the building project. You know, we can't, we can't really do anything about it. You know, the, the uh, frontiers are closed. The government doesn't allow anybody to come in, you know. So, but one thing that holds, and there's a common bond that we have, you know, there is no frontiers that can stop us to love for each other, you know, the love for each other, for you guys. And you are very dear to us. So I'm really grateful for you. Uh, I really appreciate your pastor and really uh, love you, pastor. He's a very good friend of mine. Um, I say this as a pastor, please take care of your pastor. Love your pastor. Pray for your pastor daily for both pastors that you have. Because in these crazy times that we're living, it's not easy to be a pastor. We have to shepherd our families we have to shepherd the flock of God who is among us, and everything is changing constantly. So we need the grace of God. So uh, that's basically, you know, what a little bit of uh, implementing what Becky was saying, you know, and uh, and what's going on here. I'd like to give you opportunity for you to ask um, any questions you have on the ministry, on the building project. Uh, we're planning to have a VBS. VBS is one of uh, my favorite ministries in the church. Uh, but honestly, you know, I don't know where it's going to go. We have the space now. Before, we didn't have a space to bring the kids. And right now, we have a big property. But um, we don't know exactly with the restrictions from the government and the social distancing, uh, what we're going to be doing. We're shooting for 30 kids, you know. So if you want to pray for that, 30 kids. Uh, we can do more. But because of the applying all the uh, regulations that we have and just being precautious, uh, we want to have a 30. And uh, and then w- our prayer is that those kids that are coming to VBS will be inserted in the Sunday school classes. Um, basically, we have a really small Sunday school group of kids. Um, and this is because of many factors right now. But uh, we're praying that those kids will be able to come to church. So you can pray with us. We can work in the ministry of the kids. Uh, I think it's uh, very important in a church to have uh, um, different uh, types of uh, ages. And so we value kids here, and we will love to have them soon. Uh, the time will be February 16 through the 19th. February 16 through the 19th will be when we have in BBS. Okay, I think that's all what I have here. 
Um, for now, I mean, if you have any questions, um, go right ahead. I can see hands. And so Pastor Matt can manage that or Jason. Um, I was wondering what uh, what your government's COVID restrictions are, kind of compared to ours. Um, you know, in terms of gathering, um, amount of people allowed in a building, that kind of thing. Hmm. You want to answer that one? Hmm. Okay, I, I will try to answer it because I'm trying to keep up with U.S. news, and I know over there every state is different. Here, it basically goes, the government makes a decision, the president and the health man, and that pretty much goes for the whole country. It doesn't really go state by state here. Um, so there have been times when, since the whole thing started, where they have said, okay, right now, they have never, never made it mandatory for us to stay inside like some countries. Um but they have suggested, highly suggested, that you stay in, only go out when needed, all those things. And at the beginning, that really worked. The people listened, and they did. They stayed inside. And then time went on. People got tired of staying inside, basically. Um, and you'll see different towns Overall, I don't know how many COVID cases. A thousand. We have, so you have an idea. Uh, this country has 3.5 million people. 3.5. Very small. And then the majority of the people live in the capital city. 1.5 million live in the city, in the capital city. In total, we have like a thousand cases. Only a thousand cases. And only uh, people that die probably were like 30 to 40, no more than that. Um, and when, like our town of 19,000, if there's five cases, it's kind of like a huge deal. We're all like, whoa, five cases, uh, because we are a small town and usually everybody knows the people that have it, so on and so forth. In our church, we've had one man that had it, a young man. He works for the cable vision, so he's in houses every day and, um, so because of that, that was in October when he got it. Our entire church had to go into quarantine because we had all been with him uh, the Sunday before when he didn't know that he had it. Uh, so that was 10 days that we had to be, our entire church. Oh, had to Oops. do the test. Oh, yeah, everybody had to do the test. Um, and then, of course, here, I don't know how it is there, but we had to wait for the results for three days 48 hours 48 hours to three days depending where you got it done um and here they come right to your house and do it if you do not have a car because they do not want you taking a taxi they don't want you walking on the street so they come to your house they give you the test or if you have a car you drive up to a garage in the hospital and they come to your car and stick the thing up your nose and down your throat um and that's how they do it here uh, thankfully, everybody in the church tested negative, and that man, even his wife, tested negative, and that man, after a couple weeks, he was doing fine and back to work. He, he recovered well. Uh, so we're grateful for that. 
We just had a restriction. Oh, I know. It was over the holidays, over Christmas and New Year's. They were very worried about people getting together uh, because those are two big holidays here in Uruguay. So they were making restrictions, and we couldn't have church services for three Sundays. Um, only groups up to 10. So Mariano, we didn't want to be, a, obviously, a bad testimony at our at our new church building. So instead what he did is he met in groups of 10 here at our house. So we had groups of 10 coming on Sundays, a group in the morning and a group in the afternoon. And uh, that's how he worked it during those three weeks uh, in December and January. Um, one of the things you know that I appreciate about this government, so do you folks, do you have an idea? Uh, this, this president, even though it's unsafe, um, he's very conservative. And so he's not, uh, left wind so that you understand. We've been having in Uruguay for the last 15 years, you know, governments inclined into left wind. And so this government actually that we got in March, he right assumed the presidency and then he began to start dealing with the COVID. Um, we feel like uh, Romans 13, you know, submit to our authorities. Uh, we never felt from the government, you know, that are imposing things to us. You know, uh, we need to understand. I try to sometimes even um, talk to our people in our church, you know, that some folks, you know, they feel different opinions about this. And I, I always say, you know, don't look what's going on in other countries. You know, the governments are different, you know. Um, so this government is trying to protect uh, the health of each uh, citizen and no imposing any. As a matter of fact, you know, the churches went open first. So you have an idea. The church went open first that before the bars and before the uh, theaters. So everybody, the unsafe people are like, when are we going to be able to go in the theater again? When are we going to go in the bar again? And they said, no, no, no time for that now. But he said, well, what about the church people? Because they have agglomeration. He said, well, church is necessary to go. So we don't have a really a lot of restrictions. What they're asking is like 10% or 20%. I haven't really calculated, but they say, you know, between 10% of the maximum uh, people that you as your congregation or capacity, max, 10% of your maximum capacity. So that's what we've been doing, you know, and actually I praise a lot. No, 10%, no, it's, I think it's more, like you said. But one of the things, you know, that was interesting, it was actually in the last three weeks that we were not having um, services. It worked well for us because we're going through the process of membership. So in the church. And so we were able to teach, you know, about members, membership classes, and that worked very well. You know, so but I praise the Lord. We're praying for a government. You know, I know that sometimes, folks, it's difficult um, for some of you in other countries, um, in the states, the governors, what they ask. But here, um, it's, it's well, per se, you know. Another question? We're passing the microphone, Mariano. Stand by. Brother, I'm just curious, um, with all that has happened in the last couple of weeks in our country, in our government, how are you guys viewing us from the outside? 
Well, um, listen, I am an American citizen, you know, but um, I have not been born in the U.S. And, um, and it's hard sometimes to really give an opinion for what, you know, for what other watching, you know. Um, my wife is American. She was born in the States. She's from Massachusetts, Boston Red Sox, just in case, you know. But um, she can give you, you know, what her perspective, and then I will give you mine after. Okay. Um, my perspective is I'm just sad, <laughs> basically sad seeing all that's taking place in the United States and, um, of course, <laughs> the country that you grew up in and um, just seeing a lot of freedoms taken away and just seeing how, how I guess, what makes me sad is seeing Christians uh, fighting over things, and it's not even doctrine, it's not it's not even biblical things, but I see a lot of arguments um, on social media about political things and just how di- divisive, is that the word I'm looking for? Sometimes I can't think of words in English or in Spanish, I'm just kind of blank, um, but just how it has just put people against each other, especially Christians. Uh, but, yeah, I guess to sum it all up, it just saddens me to see uh, our country and some of the political things that are going on. Those are all things that you saw in other countries before uh, happening, and now it's happening in our country. And so that's just... You know, um, I'm agree with Becky, you know, it's, it's sad because uh, when we see folks, you know, Christians, you know, friends and all of that, you know, through social media attacking each other. It's, it's very sad. Romans 13, 14 is a matter of conscience, some of the aspects, you know, and if we have a, a weaker conscience, you know, in some areas, we're not willing to tolerate what other things, you know, and so um, it's sad when we're looking from outside. Um, it's not surprising for us, it's not a surprise. For some of you guys probably thinking, like Becky said, you know, they're taking away our foundation of what we've been having as a country. But I remember when we were on deputation, this is 2005, um, seven, sorry, seven, 2008, 2009, I was telling people how was Uruguay. Uruguay was a very secular country. And I remember through the churches, you know, people would say, well, that's where America is heading. That's where America is heading. I say, you are not there yet. You know, you just wait until you get a couple of governments that will be left socialist, you know, less winded socialist, and you will see what is to be a, a, a country that is going down, you know. And so, but one of the things, you know, I've been thinking is God rules over the world. He is sovereign. This is not surprising God. And so that's what I rest. It's very sad what we are watching. You know, of course, you know, people know that we're from the States. Everybody's like, a lock up President Trump, lock up President Trump. You know, we're watching the social media. It's very sad to see people walking into the, into the Capitol. You know, I mean, that's where the world is heading. You know, more crises are coming. The question is this, are we ready? Are we ready, you know, to face what is coming as a Christians? You know, so that's the perspective that we are seeing from outside. I don't know, Matt, do you have any other questions or whatever? Yeah, I do have, uh, brother. I was just curious about your um, 
is is do you consider Uruguay to be a very healthy kind of country because you have a thousand cases or something? We have we have fourteen thousand six hundred and fifty eight people who have died in Michigan and the population is just under ten million. So you know, at the rate that Uruguay is, we should have about 3,000 cases and about 50 people who have died, but we're way over that. Are you guys just super healthy, super careful? They just close the country down, or what's the, what's the that's, deal? That's the key. That's the key that I see much wisdom on the president and his advisors that when COVID hit Uruguay, they got it right in time. They closed the borders. Argentina is very complicated right now. Uh, Argentina and Brazil, they're, you know, they're a mess, you know, cases reproducing very quickly. And the government, the first thing that he did was close the borders. You know, there's no people allowing to come in. You know, um, the only, right now they are allowing, what right now they can, you know, he say for 10 days and see if the numbers can come down, you know, a little bit. Um, but I would say, you know, in a couple of weeks when he reopens again, he will reopen to certain countries. You know, Argentina is not allowed to come into Uruguay and vice versa. Uh, Americans can come into Uruguay, but they need to have a, a specific permit to come in. It has to be a reason why they want to come into Uruguay. And they decide if you, even though you have a ticket or not, they decide they will let you come in or not. You know, um, so, I mean, the cases that we're having is because um, we have a border with Brazil and there is no way to close that border. A lot of trucks are back and forth, you know, delivering shipment and all the stuff. And that's where we're getting the cases, actually, and spread into the country. And the capital city, you know, population, you know, people, you know, agglomerate much. And so that's what we're getting the cases, actually. Have you been able to have... Um uh, online services with people who aren't able to come alike or, or do most people not have good internet at their houses or what how's that work no, actually you know uh people i don't have that problem that people don't want to come to church people actually want to come to church um when when i said you know in the group and the whatsapp group you know we're having church uh, they were begging me when are we coming back why are we coming back you know and it's like uh, we will we will but actually you know on the building situation, you know, with the holes in the ground, we have a lot of older folks. I was afraid that somebody will <laughs> fall in the, into the holes, you know. So, uh, but today we have for the first, I mean, after three weeks, uh, stopped meeting. Uh, today was a full house, you know. I mean, applying the social distancing, we were able to fit in the building uh, 40, 41 people, you know. Nobody will stay home and we have only three people that missed today. You know, uh, for different reasons, but no. When we did Zoom, you know, back in um, back in March, April, and August, uh, people were a little bit like, uh, we don't know how to use Zoom and all of that. But we taught them. Everybody downloaded the app, and then we were doing Zoom on Wednesday nights, and then I was doing Facebook live stream uh, on Sunday. But no, people are very very flexible in that area. That is good. Any other things? You got something, Jansen? I'm just going to add to what you just said, Pastor, because you have to remember in South America, they're very people-oriented. So it has been hard, the whole quarantine, you know, stay away from people because 
I mean, we're Latinos here. So number one, we share mate. That was huge, hard for them not to share mate, uh, where they pass it around and drink it. Now they're pretty much keeping it within the family. Like at church, you'll see a husband and wife sharing their tea, the mate drink. Um, Some people I do see (laughs) speaking to other people (laughs) and sharing. Um, Also, we always greet with a kiss. And they were telling us not to do that anymore. The government was saying, you know, just kind of do elbows or pound it with your fist. That's very hard for us here in Uruguay. Um, not for the Americans. Not for me. <laughs> yeah. Or for my husband. Um, but that was hard. And now people are kind of getting back to greeting each other with a kiss. Some people are still just pounding it. Um but to be together again, that was like a dream come true for them. They were just so happy to all be back in church uh, together again because they're people, people. They just love to be with each other. Um, and the staying apart was very difficult for them. Uh, so we're just happy. And we had people in church that were just so helpful with the Zoom thing. They would go to an older person's house and sit there with their phone and show them how to do the Zoom or just sit there with them so they could watch the whole thing. Um, So that was very helpful also. That is good. Jansen. Yeah, I had a question. Um, I was talking recently with a missionary in Chile, and, of course, they're going through a little bit more difficulty right now. They just uh, had gotten off about a seven-month lockdown, and now they're back into that again. And, we were talking about how uh, COVID this past year has revealed uh, the, the real culture of a church, whether it be its strengths or its weaknesses. Uh, w- would you have any advice or wisdom or even ex- from your guys' experience? I think maybe what you just shared revealed some of that, but uh, what this past year has revealed about the culture of your church there, whether it be strengths of, of the people or, or the weaknesses in general? Very good question, Jensen. Um, well, one of the things, you know, that, like I say, you know, it's been very hard at Shepherd through Zoom, you know, and be able to get into homes and provide what the sheep need in this time. One of the things that we were trying to focus, it was in just not to limit the life of the church on Sunday. Mm. The life of the church goes beyond that. And, and we were thinking about um, like the one another's, just to practice the one another's in the Bible, and um, and that's what we've been, you know, doing it through a prayer meeting. We design a sheet that we will pray for the one another's every week as a as a corporate church, and then privately we will pray and we will find ways that we can encourage the one another's in different ways. You know, um, also, you know, for our church, help us to, we're getting into the point that we're going to set up the membership, the official membership of the church. So be more like an organic church during the week. That that really helps. Even though there were restrictions that we could not meet in the beginning or even visiting, but um, just to put that urgent sense, the care for one another. If we say in the scriptures, say clearly, you know, if we... Uh, love God, we will love one another. You know, so we always try to point the cross. You know, my relationship with the Lord is essential so that I can be fine with my brother and sister in Christ. And revealing, 
Um, you know, I'm telling you, you know, the Lord reveals a lot of junk in my heart. You know, some of the things, you know, I wanted to share quickly. You know, when I had to go through the um, the test, uh, when that fellow in our church got got tested positive, you know, all of our church has to be tested. And I was two weeks away from a, from my surgery. And uh, I had to be, because I was the one that I gave him a hug to the guy. That day, listen, I never give a hug during, the, during COVID-19. I was respecting what the president said, you know, using my face mask, you know, using the Fed, you know, my pounded, you know. But that day, I, after the sermon, I felt compelled to give a hug to my brother in Christ. And I say, I love you, you know. And so after when I found out that he got COVID, I was like, oh, you know, I was taking care so much for these six months. And now two weeks away, you know, um, from the surgery, you know, and now I'm going to have to get this test. Well, Becky and Enzo, they were not in the meeting that day. They were taking care of the children. They were doing children's church. So but the lady from the government called me and said, okay, you have to be now in a private room, isolated waiting for the test. So I said, you know, this very carefully, you know, the Lord knows, Becky knows, you know. Now I understand when people feel anxiety. You know, the, the Lord revealed that I was an anxious person, you know, and the Lord helped me very graciously, you know, to deal with it, you know, and I said, are you trusting me? And so I think in the church, there were many things revealed, you know, through covid you know, I, I take this from the Lord to work in our lives. The Lord worked in many ways in our church, you know, revealing, you know, like I said, for pastors coming back, you know, you probably found sheep that were fat, sheep that were out of shape. Because, listen, uh, when when we were doing the message and people were watching through Facebook, we don't know people are in pajamas. <laughs> you know, drinking coffee. We don't know that, you know, but think about it. You go to worship God. It's Sunday, you know, and so I know it's not the same to go to church on Sunday. They stay in your home, you know, but many of the disciplines that we really commit to do to worship the Lord on Sunday, they were not there during the COVID-19. So a lot of things reveal hearts, you know, exposure, the heart, you know, a lot of people are blaming COVID. Don't blame COVID. COVID is the sun that reveals look what it is in our hearts. You know, so I, I praise the Lord because all of this help us to work on the problem, you know, and bring solutions with the gospel. Amen. Anybody else have any question for the protos? You have anything else you'd like to share with us, Mariano? Anything that you've planned to reverse or anything yes. like that? Just pray for us, for wisdom, you know, concerning furlough. Um, you know, I, I just praise the Lord that I don't feel the pressure from the churches, you know, that um, at a certain time we need to come and visit, you know. I know, for instance, for you folks, you know, we know that the last time we visited was in 2015, you know. And um, and there are a couple churches in the States, you know, that that was the last time that we visited because we couldn't you know, do it in 2019 when we went. And so that is a really heavy thing in our hearts, you know, to visit, to report, uh, to stay in contact with, with the churches. But right now, we don't know exactly what is going to happen, you know, as far as flying, um, 
last year I lost a ticket. I was going to fly to the States and, and the company actually shut down. So there are many things are uncertain right now. And so pray for wisdom, you know, what the Lord will have us to do. I think that this is great. Zoom is great. I know it's not the same, you know, to be in person, but um, that the Lord will direct and give us wisdom concerning the building project that the Lord will continue providing. Uh, we're having a man from the States. He's a builder constructor. He will come and help us heavily and the major part of the project to build in the parsonage. Uh, I just finished before you guys talking to you. Uh, I was talking to him. We're looking to ship a container with all the materials that will be needed for the building. So if you can be in prayer for that, that the Lord will give us wisdom, you know, as far as paperwork and all of that details that are involved, and that the Lord will continue directing, uh, allowing the church to grow. We're aiming for March 7 is when we can establish our membership in the church officially. And so it's, it's been a process. You know, I took almost four years to build this foundation of what it mean to be a church. What does that mean to be a member of the church? So pray that uh, we're heading in the right direction and that the Lord will continue guiding. Amen. Brother, you don't have to feel any pressure from this church that you get back, you know, here in person. We are patient, and uh, of course, we'd love to have you here, but you just come when it's convenient, and uh, we understand there's major problems, so it's not possible for you to, to move about, and that is totally fine. Obviously, we miss you, and uh, your ministry has been so uh, just we're thankful for it uh, that you've ministered here. You were at our vacation Bible school once, or at least at least once, maybe more than that. That was fun, and uh, so maybe someday again you'll be able to do that. Let me share a verse uh, with you, uh, Mariano, and your family. It's in Philippians chapter one. It says, "I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer." of ours, I'll adapt, making request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work, and I'll say it this way, Mariano, not only in you, but also in Carmelo, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for us to think this of you all, because we have you in our hearts, Inasmuch as both in, our cha- in your chains and the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how I greatly long for you all, I'll put a we there, how we greatly long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And so that's our, that's our heart towards you, brother and sister and Enzo. We love you guys and uh, long to see you and... Uh, Hope that you'll have a prosperous summer. And uh, what I'm going to do right now is just pray for you and our church will join us and you as we pray together. So let's do that. Our Heavenly Father, uh, it is our desire this evening as we pray that you will watch over our brother and sister, fill their hearts with your joy, uh, give them the delight of knowing the blessing in the ministry of the gospel. They have experienced some of the trials. 
And Lord, I pray that you lift up their hearts. Lord, we see our our sister especially uh, moved by what she sees uh, afar off from her home country. And Lord, we, we feel with her that heart that she has and weep with those who weep. And so, Father, we pray you'd bind up that heart and lift her up and encourage her that our kingdom is not of this world. The great King of kings and Lord of lords sits at the right hand of you, our God, awaiting for the word to invade the earth once again at the second coming and to take over the kingdoms of the world and to rule them and reign over them in righteousness and justice. And so, Lord, help us to be patient until that time and know that the governments of the world, secular, human, humanistic as they are, will not accomplish the great plan of God until the Lord Jesus comes and puts them all aside and sweeps them away and becomes king over all the earth. Father, we pray for you to give wisdom uh, to these ones as they consider what to do with their furlough Uh, whether that can happen uh, later on in in, uh, June June or July or August or whenever it it might be or even later than that. We pray, Lord, for their vacation Bible school coming up in uh, just about a month from now as they uh, seek to minister to the young people. We pray, Lord, for the uh, church building project that it will not consume the believers there, but it will be a great blessing as they see the structure moving from underground work to above ground to the parsonage upstairs and all the rest of the details. And may you give Mariano, who's never done this before, great wisdom and insight and that in in many counselors there will be safety and wisdom as he seeks the help of the architect and of this brother from the States who's the builder and all the rest that you provide for them. And Lord, just for the general ministry there, Lord, from the very first day that they were in Carmelo, and and Lord, I'm just mindful to pray right now for uh, Bobby and Nadia who have come just a a couple of months ago really to help them, and uh, we're so grateful for for them being there. They know the country of Uruguay, if not the city of Carmelo, but they certainly are learning it now and are going to be able to be uh, heavily involved in the ministry. We pray that you will help their partnership to work just very well together. And for the church family, Lord, I, I think of some of the, the the faces that I saw when I was there, uh, seems like uh, just a couple of years ago. I don't know now, it's time has flown, but I remember some of the uh, older couples and the younger couples and the individuals there in the church and uh, their co-workers. And Lord, we just uh, commend them all to you and pray for your rich blessing in their lives. Thank you so much that we can see our brother and sister and and Enzo, that we can hear from them, that we can get a sense of where their hearts are and how the ministry has been going and that they're healthy and that they are doing okay. And Lord, we just pray that you will greatly bless them and give them uh, many, many more years of service and may they see that church stand up and uh, become a reproducing local assembly of believers. That it will not be static, but that it will be dynamic. That it will be a living body representative of 
the body of Christ in the world and that it will have a great impact in that city and around its region as a light for the gospel of Christ. So Lord, as we close our service tonight, we do so with thanksgiving and look forward to seeing Mariano and Becky again soon. And Enzo, and we thank you that they are doing well. May your blessing rest upon them, the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yes. Jansen, go ahead. I have uh, one comment for Mariano uh, from one of our viewers online. Uh, Didi uh, gave us a call and wanted me to let you know that, I guess it was probably what, in 2015? Is that when you said you were here uh, in church last? There was a message that you shared. And uh, forgive me, Didi, I'm not going to remember everything you said, but she just wanted to share that it was a huge encouragement to her. And there was a particular truth that you said that she said she still holds on to this day too and repeats in her mind and in her heart. And she just wanted to express her gratitude for your ministry then and, and now. So, Thank you. Thank you. Tell her thank you. Praise the Lord. Will do. All right. So, Mariano, um, you and Becky, you might have seen uh, the children left uh, the room here. They have their truth trackers program and so they wanted to go and uh, recite their memory verses or at least their teachers wanted them to go and recite their memory verses <laughs> so they uh they that's what they did so our crowd did uh, decrease here but i think do we have uh 10 or 11 online uh yeah so in addition to the families here we had 10 or 11 other families that were watching on the live stream so they were kind of virtually with us as well so lord bless you folks thank you so much for participating okay Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Alrighty. you. All righty. Bye-bye now. Have a good night, okay? Sleep well. Thank you. Okay. God bless you. That's a little weird, isn't it? <laughs> Take me off that screen there. Thank you. Well, how about that? That's quite a thing. Uh yeah, when you don't have a bathroom in your church, it makes it a little awkward. <laughs> you can't have too long of services then, I guess. <laughs> or small kids. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you folks have <clears throat> want to mention or updates, prayer requests? All right. Well, let's enjoy a little time of fellowship. We're going to just uh, end it right there and uh, just let those thoughts remain with you and sink in and... Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'll tell you, when you actually can go and see these folks on the field, it's just a, a great blessing. I wish you all could do that. Someday, uh, brother, you have to tag along with me or brother and sister, and uh, we go down and see them when uh, COVID is better uh, and uh, see what you can learn in those places. That's a real blessing. And uh, you see some of the deprivation that they have relative to us, and it just changes your perspective on life. You know, we... We have an embarrassment of riches, and uh, sometimes we sit here and complain about <laughs> about things like, "Oh, I wish I had three bathrooms in my house instead of two, you know, <laughs> like, oh my, how about one? That's a good start, so <laughs> yeah, anyway, Dr. Sachs would say the same things I think when he go to South Africa. I've never been there, but uh yeah, they and you know, I actually don't understand that maybe some of you uh 
maybe understand that that sewer system there. I think there's I think those bricked in areas are little uh, little sewer tanks almost. Um, in uh, Chile, let's see. Uh, yeah, in Chile, when I stayed in the house near Buenos Aires, uh, the house was built kind of in the back of a warehouse area where they held the church meetings, and it had what they call an open sewer in the bathroom. And boy, it did not smell good. I mean, the, the, what an open sewer is is the, the toilet and the, the, the gray water goes through a pipe and there's a hole in the floor, and I mean, it just flows right through there. I mean, you just see it and it's there. And uh, I guess that's just how they do it there. I didn't quite understand that. But, uh, well, they, they had a fan system, um, and this family didn't seem to really know uh, maybe how to work it properly, but they had the fan system blowing, and it was a pretty powerful fan, blowing outside. And I think they did that because they wanted to keep the smell out of the rest of the house. I found if you closed the bathroom door and uh, blew the fan, reversed it and put it in, it would pressurize the room and it would keep the smell down into the open sewer. The other way, it was sucking the smell out of the open sewer and filling up the whole bathroom with, so you're taking a shower in there, going to the bathroom, and that's the smell, I mean a sewer smell, very bad. And so that was just one example of, uh, of that. Um, and, uh, you know, other primitive, uh, more primitive kind of situations there that I experienced when I was there. But I was only there for, you know, I was there for a couple of weeks at a time. These folks live it all the time. <laughs> you know, I, I try to do my part, but, you know, I don't live there, so I don't know all the other implications. The bad, the bad part is if you blow the fan in and then you open the door to the bathroom, the rest of the house gets it, so you you got to be diligent about that, but... Uh, did you notice their window was open behind them and you could hear the street sounds? It sounds warm. What's that, Dwayne? Yeah, yeah. And somebody asked um, on uh, somebody asked on my phone. They said, "How far away is Montevideo?" I think it's about two hours by car. Uh, that he had to go back and forth, and um, they have a car, but there are a lot of motorcycle, more motorcycles there, um, and yeah. So, what else can I tell you? Uh, they've moved once or twice since I was there with them. Uh, they were having a church and a rented house, and then a, in a downtown area. And now they've moved to this building, which is going to be more suitable when it's done. And they're actually going to build, as you might recall, the bottom where this kind of a big garage is going to be the church. And above that, they're going to remodel all of it and make it into a parsonage. So that the pastor, eventually when they leave, the pastor, the national pastor of the church will stay in the parsonage on top. The church will be below. And they'll have also a garage there they can pull in. And so it'll be a nice setup when when it's all said and done. And a nice upgrade for that part of town. So, hot water is another thing there. It's not, you know, they have a, uh, they call them uh, uh, colophones, and they're just in time. You know, the tankless hot water heater setup. So when you demand the water, then the gas valve turns on, the fire comes on, and it starts heating the water. But uh, from time to time, I've had uh, uh, 
showers that are very cold <laughs> because the gas valve isn't working or whatever, and it's just you get just cold water. Um, one, uh, the one time that I was there that I got so ill, uh, we had an unheated cabin, unheated bathroom, and the shower, and it was like 30 degrees, 40 degrees outside, and so you'd walk from your cabin room to the bathroom, which had two little showers in it and a stool, and uh, you take the shower in that, that, that weather, I mean that cold, 40-some degrees. So the hot water, when the water was hot, it was very nice, <laughs> but um, very cold, and that was uh, proved to be a little too much for my immune system to, to be able to handle No, it would take a, what's called a marine-style shower, turn the water on, then turn it off, soap up, turn the water on, turn it off, and very minimal. Um, I remember years ago Dr. Sachs talking about that as kind of you know, dumb Americans going over to places and using up all the hot water that these people paid for, and I never wanted to do that to somebody. So I would uh, be very, uh, very quick. And when it's 40 degrees anyways, you want to be quick, so... <laughs> Get your get your business done and move on. So uh, depends on the location where you are. Like uh, Uruguay is kind of like situated like Georgia. So you know, like Georgia's winters aren't really too bad. Um, but in northern, uh, in central Chile, especially if you're up at a higher elevation, it can be very cold. Oh, yeah, could be more like our summer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, I, I don't know that at all. Yeah, I don't know that at all, but uh, with a thousand cases and what he said, 30 or 40 people that have died. I mean, it doesn't really matter how they count them. It's a very low number. So that's, uh, that's amazing. It's amazing. But uh, that's the difference in response. You know, when you shut down the border and really lock things up, it's made a huge difference for them. And, and so you know, I mean, Carmelo is it's on the Uruguay River. So you can go from their house, I think, not too far. I can't remember how long it took to get there, but you look across from there and you can see Argentina. And Argentina is a far left-wing um, governmental system and they're having major problems. It's a to- I mean, it's just next door, but it's a totally different situation. They've been having you know, different kinds of lockdowns and things like that. And uh, Uruguay's done much, much better. In fact, one of our missionaries there said, I mean, we have to wear masks, but really not much has changed. He lives in the capital city, so it's, a, it's just a lot different than it is here. Um, Chile is kind of, yeah, it's in between the two countries, I would say. But they have very harsh lockdowns in Chile. When they decide, you know, this region of the country is locking, I mean, it's like, you know, don't go out of your front door, otherwise you, you're in danger. It's kind of a very, very difficult situation for them, so passes from the police to go get your groceries. You've got three hours to go do it. If you're caught out after that at the checkpoints, then you have whatever. 
Hopefully they have mercy on you. I don't know. So, yeah, and that started uh, again. Third was it Thursday? Uh, Jansen, yeah. So, um, in Antofagasta, and they've got beautiful weather there. But think of like uh, nice breeze off the Pacific Ocean, seventy to eighty degrees, almost no rain ever. No screens on the windows because there's no bugs. Windows open. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, that'd be an all right place to be. <laughs> Except there's no rain, so nothing grows. They have they have a little you know patch of grass they water to keep it alive. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, that's different. Well, blessing. I hope you were blessed by that tonight, and I know they were. I could tell and. Uh, I certainly was to, to see them again. It's been a long time. So let's keep praying for those folks and uh, let's not forget, pray for Mariano and Becky and their wisdom, furlough, building, the people there, all that sort of stuff. They're trying to do there what we're, what we're trying to do here. And I couldn't believe 40, 41 people. That is excellent because when I was there, it was much smaller. Uh, it's really just coming along. So that's really good, especially for Uruguay because it's totally secular there. I mean, you know, I'm I'm surprised to hear about that president being conservative and the churches being essential. Oh, would to God that we would have that here and that the bars would be closed, you know. Yeah, what a different situation. But I think they probably recognize churches are safer than bars. I mean, you know, I tell folks, folks are kind of, I've had several calls to the church concerned about coming to the church. And I say, well, look, our, our church is safer than going to the grocery store. Don't you think? I was at Costco the other day, and I mean, there was a mass of humanity, wall-to-wall people. And I asked Andy Bennett, I said, how many people were there? He said, it was a Monday. He said, we got slammed on that particular Monday. And uh, he said there was 300 to 350 people in the store at any one time. I said, what's the limit? Oh, over 600. 600. I'm like, there was hardly a cart to be had in the, in the, where you walk into the store. There was so many people in and out and everything. And the main aisle, I was just like, you know, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get away from all these, you know, radioactive human beings. <laughs> Hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why the, I mean, I know they have a lot of, a lot of square feet, but it seems to me like when you're harshly shutting down restaurants and not allowing anybody, that you would have some limitations on stores like that. Yeah, I think that's something. So anyway, don't bother looking uh, for the logic in all this because uh, you're not going to find it. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Well, we keep on doing what the Lord's called us to do. Uh, despite any difficulties that may come. So trust you folks will be well. God bless you and keep you safe. And uh, yeah, uh, watch out for the virus. All right. Amen. Good night.